Hello, and welcome to The Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and several minutes before hitting record to do this podcast, I discovered that I have a WikiFeet page, and I am extremely upset about it. I'm Luke Bailey, and I feel like we've covered your WikiFeet page before. No, have I... just rediscovered it? No. We've definitely talked about this. No, I did. I have been a target for foot fetishists on Instagram. I did not realize right. that those foot fetishists were then putting my feet on WikiFeet. Are there any inaccurate facts on your WikiFeet page? There are no facts. They don't have my foot size, um, but they do have many. They have more photos of me than they should, and they have uh, two two clear photos of my feet. I'm I'm like I'm pretty pissed. <laughs> cool. <Yeah. laughs> Welcome to the show this week. We are, I guess we're going to do like kind of a, a funeral. It's kind of like a wake, like a, a proper send off for Yahoo Answers. We're talking about Yahoo Answers. But before we get to that, Luke, how's the internet this week? I I don't know. I've, I've been <laughs> I've been unattached the internet for a few days, which is, is quite rare. Um, from what I have experienced of it, it's been... I don't know, kind of simmering, kind of, and not in a, like a way that it's about to boil over. More of a, it's just sort of going. It doesn't feel like a huge amount has happened this week. Well, no, yeah, we're we're in between episodes of reality, so <laughs> we haven't picked up right, right. what the new story is. We're done with the Suez Canal, but we don't have anything new to fill in like the space of that. So things are just kind of like bumping along. Sure, sure. Uh, one thing I did, I one thing I wanted to talk to you about was I tweeted about Amniverts last over the weekend. And right. so, um, Luke, what's an Amnivert? <laughs> okay, so it's time to do the history of Amniverts and my embarrassing place in that history. So, Amniverts was... Oh, God, this is... There was an era of the internet when everything was identity. And to a certain extent, that, that we've never left that era yeah. there's always been a, a history of of people attempting to find things that they belong to and this is before the internet you know it's why horoscopes work essentially yes. you know horoscopes are hey here's a, a version of your personality in which you can recognize some of your flaws that you don't mind thinking about and many of your better qualities or qualities that you think you would like to have and they for you say yes this is me i am i am i am this i am a cancer i am a virgo or whatever it might be yeah now during this period of the internet when it ran very much on people assigning themselves identities, one of the, two of the most popular identities were... Actually, no, it wasn't two of the most popular identities. One of the most popular identities was introvert, which was broadly, you know, because people who for a long time thought that they were less good because they did not like going out and preferred to stay in and read a book uh, suddenly had this identity that was, oh, I'm an introvert. That's fine. It's it's just my identity. Right. And they found other introverts across the internet and decided that was fine to, thing to be. And then as a less, slightly lesser thing also, there are people said they were extroverts. Now, in a bunch of psychological journals, which were not hugely reliable, uh, and certainly it wasn't like the, the best quality stuff, people had said that, you know, there is a an introvert, extrovert scale. So some people are very introverted, some people are very extroverted, right. some people are a bit extroverted, some people are a bit introverted. And then somewhere in the middle, some people posited that, well, logically, if you're kind of a bit of both, uh, you are both. You're an ambivert. So you are a person who sometimes likes going out to, to have drinks with a large group of people and other times would rather stay in. Uh they are people who sometimes get their energy from, you know, meeting other people meeting up with a large group of other people and sometimes get their energy from from not doing that. Right. And I wrote a post about this in, oh Christ, 2015. Right, I remember this. In a, it was a such cynical thing. I can't remember exactly why, but I needed to hit some sort of number. You had a traffic call, I, I think. I think it was, I think it was, uh, there was a period when we used to have a specific target for individual posts and it was a number of posts that got over a certain number right and i was about to hit a benchmark and i need to hit a few quickly 
Uh, and this was one of the ideas. It had been kicking around in my head for like ages. I was like, oh, fine. Okay, this is the moment to do it. I need a quick thing. Uh, and yeah, this post did really, really well and kind of launched a second generation of, like the first generation being these kind of like isolated instance of it. And this sec- this post kind of launched a new wave of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and this post itself only did, I think it only did a few million views. It was only read by a few million people, but it wasn't the big iconic one of it but it was the key bit i think that that transited over to make the mainstream and from that on yeah um yeah it, it worked but i remember writing and i remember writing this piece that was essentially just a horoscope of uh, I've, I've of things people now. do just like it's like you're a person sometimes you do yeah person it was stuff. it was it was super cynical like and i knew it was at the time like that's but that's kind of where we're at we're at at that point uh, but one thing, like one thing on it, is your calm, controlled, professional self feels like a very different person to the one your friends see, <laughs> which is everyone. There is no one who has a dramatically different, uh, like there is no one who has a different experience to that. Or you can often go out and have hours of fun being the life of the party, but suddenly find then that your energy has dropped and all you really want to do is go home. Yes, people get tired. Right, that is how this works, and. Yeah, so it's a thing, though, that an awful lot of people are related to because a lot of people didn't feel like an introvert or didn't feel like an extrovert. So it's not to kind of minimize the idea of, like, this thing exists. Of course it exists. It is just a lot of people subscribe to it, and it is kind of a default identity. Yeah, it's most people. And, like, the the kind of fantastic punchline of this whole story is that about six months later, there was, like, a big editorial meeting we were at and, like, a very (laughs) high-level person talked about how... You know, they didn't name you, but they were like, we do great things like helping amniverts like share content about themselves. And I looked over at you and you just had the most incredible shitting grin on your face. <laughs> and so last week, uh, there was a big Twitter fight, I guess, whatever, between like a bunch of people in the media about this idea that after COVID, people won't want to go outside and they'll just be like a generation of weird covid shut-ins and i was like that's stupid and also historically doesn't line up with anything we know about how people respond after pandemics usually it's a horny bomb goes off like that's kind of sure you know this is we're not we're not doing we don't have to do this and also we just don't know we don't know i do think i do think like an awful lot of people said like this is ridiculous everyone will go back to normal and i'm kind of like right but it doesn't take a huge number of people for this to be a significant issue oh and i'm sure there will be i'm sure but also just like we're not even there yet like we don't have to do this yet but I, as a troll, then tweeted that I think we're going to see a real rise in amniverts. Some people who feel comfortable sometimes going outside, but then other times won't want to go outside. People who sometimes like to eat out, but then also sometimes like to cook their own meals. And a lot of people kind of got the joke I was making, but more people than I felt comfortable with did not. And I felt very bad. And I'm very sorry if I baited you with my amnivert tweet. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, that's me. I'm like, I'm, I'm very sorry. I was, I was doing a bit and I shouldn't, I shouldn't have. Cause I, I was sending them to Luke being like, Oh no, what have I done? Yeah. I mean, it is, Oh God. It's the thing is with so much of this stuff is, is it is, is it is incredibly irresistible. Like that, like this. This stuff works for a reason, and people who have not seen like the the fact that this thing exists, or or that this conversation has happened before, or that people are baiting you into it, it is extremely easy to get baited into it. Yeah, it's it's incredible how how sticky this stuff is, and how like you know like the the mechanisms of social media that make this stuff popular aren't gone. So people, you know, they still do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you've been offline, Luke. Did you see? Um, the like the like two day controversy around the Guardian journalist L Hunt tweeting about whether or not the movie Alien could be a horror movie because it was set in space. You know, I did see this, but this is actually also a really good example of why of exactly what we were just talking about, where it is impossible to understand this stuff and not get sucked into the conversation itself because all of this stuff stuff is engagement bait. I saw you tweet about it and kind of say, you know, it's mad that we're talking about this. And then immediately afterwards, yeah. you're like, hold on, but also <laughs> I was about to say this. horror could be said in space. I was literally about to bring this up. So so uh, Elle Hunt, she, she's a reporter for The Guardian, and she tweeted out a poll that was basically just like, can the movie Alien be considered a horror film because it takes place in space? And 
she has done this a few times where she has like tweeted out a thing about movies and like set off like an entire thing. I also don't think it's an accident that she's a woman and then people pile on like that's whole all part of this. Uh, and a lot of people brought up the point that Event Horizon is a really good example of a horror movie set in space. Event Horizon is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. So I was trying to do like a tweet that was like, this is incredibly stupid. And I hate Twitter that like Twitter incentivizes this kind of behavior because it's like she is like being piled on with abuse and like people are like destroying her mentions and like I can't imagine how bad that is but also Event Horizon rules <laughs> and like you should watch Event Horizon it's a really good movie it has Sam Neill in it and he's he's for half the movie he's completely naked and he rips out his own eyeballs it's sick like it's a great movie but it is it is really impossible to uh, like stop the tide of that like being sucked out into this just like vortex of discourse something i've been thinking about and i think this fits it, and I, I'm considering at some point I'll write this up in my time offline, where I've been like meditating on a in in a cave somewhere. Yeah, no, you're doing the old man Luke thing, where you're just sitting on a boulder, like lifting little rocks. Yeah, exactly. So I think we're entering the the fifth age of the internet. <laughs> Guys, I'm back from vacation. I haven't been online for several days. I think we've entered the fifth age of online. Okay, so what is the fifth age of the internet? Okay, so. I actually don't know what the fourth age is, but I think it's the fifth. <laughs> but but it basically, it is dependent on how people consume content. So your first age of the internet is um, portals, basically. It is Yahoo homepage or, or MSM homepage or whatever it might be. You go and it gives you a list of stuff and then you consume it. Uh, age two is search. Suddenly you access all your content on the internet via search. Stage three is social, where you access all your stuff online versus social. I think there is an, a, a fourth in there, but I haven't quite figured out what it is. Is it algorithmic f- recommendations? No, that's the fifth. Oh. The fifth, the fifth is the algorithmic portal. Where, oh. Where essentially what you have is you have this bar, and all that ha- needs to happen is stuff bubbles under it, and then suddenly it goes above it on whatever portal you're using. And there are so many of these now. I'm, I'm starting to realize like Google has one. Google Discover is a huge, like, traffic driver is a huge source of of what people consume do you know what your google discover says uh no i've uh in you fact almost de- you almost definitely use it and don't realize you know what's crazy though is in the last like three or four months the first place i go to google something is twitter search yeah i mean that that's that's true it's faster like if i want to find like a movie trailer or i want to find like i mean i'm such an expert level news consumer that like I would like to see the information before it becomes the news. So no, but like I, I, I am, I am googling things less, and I am Twitter searching things more, which is a really weird shift in my own behavior online. Wait, so yeah. why can't there just be a? Why can't there just be four ages of the internet? Why does there have to be a mysterious fourth one that you don't know? I think I think I'm missing one because like the gap's too big. Okay, so wait, wait, and say, I just don't know what it, I don't know what the next one is. Let's go through this again. This so the first one is search. The first one's portals. Okay, right. So the first one is portals. Second one is search. Third yeah. one is social sharing. Yeah, so the, the, it was a social web, yeah. Social web, right. So you're defining them by like how people find and seek uh, and, and receive information, right? Yeah, exactly. And and obviously the social web is more more influenced by uh, algorithms than we initially thought. Like initially it was just user behavior, what's most popular, kind of like a Reddit front page. Yeah. Where it's it's much more blunt on, on what's most popular. But then it kind of evolved and algorithms took like a bigger part of it. But then it becomes the fourth thing. Okay. Well, I understand that once again on this podcast, we've created a criteria and now we're fighting about what fits into that criteria that we just created, which I think is like yeah. a large chunk of what this show is. <laughs> but if yeah. I had to do it, I would... I would say that there is the space between social sharing and algorithmic portals would be viral internet, which is like, instead of you being like, instead of me sharing something to you, it's you are just receiving things via like viral osmosis. So like Alex from Target and Harlem Shake and, uh, you know, whatever dog is on the Today Show. It's like that, like chaotic period before algorithmic portals, which I would say start like... The fourth era would probably be, I guess, between like 2013 and 2019, maybe. Uh, I go to 15, but yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah, so uh, that makes sense to me because then, because the what what the new these new portals do is they take the viral energy that used to just be all over the place, and now they're like condensing it into something, you know, that is inherently stupid and also very addicting, which is like let's all go yell at this woman who tweeted about a movie, and that's like a news story. But because that's a big in big part, it's because it hit 
the Twitter trending page, which is a version of an algorithmic portal. Not just once. It hit the tr- – when I looked at it, there were three different trending topics based off of this one tweet, which is insane to me. It is, like, completely yeah. unacceptable. I mean, at a certain point – like, at a cer- I feel like it will get to a certain point where, where, like, Twitter could be sued by someone for causing harassment. Like, if – Yeah. Like, like I would. <laughs> like, I would just be like, I didn't – like – this isn't part of the deal. You don't just get to like dump the fire hose of all of humanity on me because I'm using your website. Like that's not humane. Yeah, exactly. And it's something you can say like that, which is an opinion which is, you know, good, bad. I don't really care. It's not really it's not really a, an opinion that has any like impact on anything, which is the most engaging type of opinion online. That the opinion about like whether New York or Chicago pizza is better is far more engaging than uh whether or not the Biden infrastructure bill uh, should or shouldn't involve social care. Like, yeah, I, everyone wants to tweet about the pizza thing. The other one, everyone's like, ah. Well, I mean, actually, so for instance, last night, um, I started getting dogpiled by like, uh, I don't know what to call them, but like that like roving gang of like weird center right anti-trans people that just like show up on Twitter all the time now. And so sure. they came after me again last night. And every time they do, I decide that I'm going to find something like that. I'm going to put that out into the world to cause chaos because I don't want to deal with like fighting these like weird like dark enlightenment weirdos that I don't want to deal with. So last night yep. I tweeted out the food cube rule. Are you familiar with this? Um this is the one about like how toast is <laughs> has two sides and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. For for our listeners, let me let me go through it just so I can inflict the psychic damage on them as well. Um so it's there's a website, it's called the the cube rule of food and there are six types of food. According to this rule, toast, which is one layer, a sandwich, which is two layers, a taco, which is one layer and then curved up two layers, and then a sushi, which is a cube with no like with no open or close. And then a soup salad with bread bowl, which is a box with no top. And then the full cube is a calzone. And so in the midst of like all of these like very self-important people like clogging up my mentions, I was like, here's something insanely chaotic to throw it on Twitter. And it works every time because like people on Twitter love to fight about this shit. And so like my mentions yeah. immediately filled up with people because I tweeted that under this rule, a Tide Pod would technically be a calzone. And, you know, that's a sentence that nobody can really resist fighting about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh- and this stuff is so naturally engaging, but it is not just that it's engaging and it's going viral like organically. There's now these things like the Twitter trending page or the Facebook has four of them. It's got the Facebook news tab, the Facebook explore tab, whatever the hell it's got. Uh, you know, the YouTube trending page, the uh, a bunch of these third-party aggregators do a similar thing like uh, Flipboard or, or Update or stuff like that, where there's this algorithmically generated thing. Uh, and therefore, once you hit a certain level of popularity, your popularity is like, okay, now it's everyone. Right. And that's a really unhealthy way to kind of manage this stuff because it results in A, a huge amount of harassment, and B, <laughs> just like a vaguely deranged understanding of what is happening in the world. Because they're, the, the truly viral stuff, like the Suez Canal or stuff, it's like, okay, everyone's talking about this, cool. And then other stuff, you're like, why am I Why am I looking at this? Why, why is this here? Why is this happening? Right. Why do I care about... I mean... It's 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 incidentally a problem that Reddit ran into like six years ago when the top of the Reddit R all was extremely gameable and it was like way too much traffic going to basically three posts that were going to be stuck there for the next five hours and yeah posts weren't moving because like the 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 ratio for upvotes over time was such that if you got on the front page of Reddit like you were there and you it would break your website it would. God knows what could happen. And so Reddit has spent basically six years trying to get it so that that doesn't happen. Obviously, the front page of Reddit does suck, and I don't use it anymore in my own Reddit experience because, like, Redditors are boring and dumb. But it is a lot more uh, usable than it used to be. Because Reddit, that was the period when us was AMAs and Am I an Asshole, I think, were the two. But there was a couple of others as well that were just always at the top always and then and then the trump guys figured out how to hack it and then it just became trump nonstop. so like it's really silly to me that twitter especially is like going through this moment right now but all you know also facebook like we've done we've been down this road so many times like we know what happens when you when you do this to people but the particularly infuriating thing about twitter is that they have people who are writing the kind of descriptions of what the news is yes. and the descriptions of it are so 
fucking stupid that it's kind of like <laughs> you guys know that what you're what you're doing here is dumb as fuck. They have to. Like you you yeah. have to I mean, it's I assume they're I don't know, I assume that whole team has people who've worked like in digital content mine type places before and like everyone kind of like I'm I'm sure they know that there's a Twitter trending topic to board panda pipeline and like they know that that's what's happening it is exactly what's happening and it's it's yeah you've got to know that you've got to know that what was the line that they actually wrote uh that they described yeah okay after journalist l hunt shared her argument that horror cannot be set in space many many are discussing the 1997 sci-fi horror film event horizon and it's like you you the person who has written that has to know that that is an absolute stupid thing to be writing <laughs> and a stupid thing to be doing and you must know that your system at some point is broken <laughs> because she wasn't even sharing an argument it was a reply to a tweet just being like i don't think horror films in space i think you know it's a natural sci-fi thing rather than a natural horror thing which like, you know fine i don't really care it's, it's not a thing that matters right and for some reason, someone's sitting there being like, well, I have to explain this thing for our users. Uh, rather than go like, do our users need to see this? Is this a trending thing? Wait, a really good one that happened today was uh, someone's screenshot. It was a Snopes tweet next to a trending topic on the sidebar. So the Snopes tweet reads, heads up, that headline with the Amy Poehler lookalike comes from the well-known satire site World News Daily Report. And then in the sidebar, directly next to that tweet, is a trending topic that says, Amy Poehler. People are pointing out the resemblance an arrested floor woman bears to comedian Amy Poehler. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, we, it's 2021. We know how all of this works. And we know where it goes. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Why are we still doing this? It's, it's so ridiculous and dumb. But you know what I want to talk about more than how dumb Twitter is? I want to talk about okay. the dumbest website of all okay let's do this i want to talk about yahoo answers so let's do it this week it was announced that yahoo would be shutting down the website yahoo answers i'm very sad about this i think it's a very bad thing for the world but before we get to what this means luke tell me about your first your first like real memory of Yahoo Answers. Like what what stands out to you about Yahoo Answers when you when you look back over the last uh I think it's been around since like 2004 or 2005. 2005, yeah. It's a weird site to think about because I I kind of sort of remember my original memory of it because I I only really remember the meme version. <laughs> like I don't remember there being a time when I would have used it sincerely or deliberately. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm, I'm sure that that time probably existed. But like, I also think I'm maybe just slightly too old for it. Like I was, what, 2005. So once it became like prominent, probably a year or two after that, 2006, 2007, I would have been, uh, what, 16, 17, 18, which is just like that bit too old to kind of like know that aunts asking a random question of people would be useful. I don't think I, I I'm I'm almost positive I never used it um for real. Like I I, I would like to yeah. think that I'm like too smart <laughs> and normal to do that. But I do remember a because I remember a period like in maybe high school or college where like Yahoo Answers had already become known for being a complete fucking like upside down world. And I I think I spent some time going to the top of Yahoo Answers with friends and like trying to find the funniest stuff on there. Because back in those days, you could just go and you could throw a dart in any direction and find something nuts. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's something interesting about it where people have said it's surprising that it's gone. I kind of already thought that it had. <laughs> so someone in the Garbage Day Discord was like, uh, has anyone looked at the front page of Yahoo Answers in 2021? And I was like, I have it, and I did. I have it right here. The top four... Uh, no, I'm sorry. The top, the top five. Oh my god. Okay, so the the they have an upvote system now. So the top the top question on Yahoo Answers right now on this is Wednesday of this week. Will the police and the racists riot if Derek Chauvin is found guilty? That's phrased in a very interesting way. The next one down is: Do you think the judge should find Derek Chauvin guilty, even if the jury doesn't? It's his duty because otherwise there will be more riots. 
The next one down is President Trump was right. Forensic investigation reveals Dominion voting machines were rigged. Third one down is, is Donald Trump in denial? And then the fifth one. <laughs> the fifth one is, what would John Luke Picard say about Donald Trump's presidency? <laughs> uh, I just, it's still got it, baby. Young answer still got it. <laughs> I just, I don't understand how it's still been going. It's still going. Who it's are gotta these be, people? It's got to be a full decade where this thing has just been still going and yahoo are still somehow for some reason supporting this thing like there are people running this they are paying people to make this happen although someone said that it gets like 200 million users a year or something ridiculous yeah dude okay wait there's a leaderboard of users like top users and the number one user is named aunt katie she's level seven whatever that means she has 1.7 1.7 million points. I don't know what the points are, but she's answered 143,000 questions on Yahoo Answers. <sighs> I can't see. Oh, whoa. Hold on. Wait. This is. Wait. Hold on. She has a bio. Okay. This is Aunt Katie. She is the top Yahoo Answers user. And her bio reads A million for someone who watches from the heavens. I'm a grandmother with some spare time. My. Great Aunt Katie was my hero, a remarkable woman, and I modeled my life after hers. She had 10 children and was a gentle, peaceful lady. I am amazed when people want to know things about me. I deliberately didn't put a space between the aunt and Katie for my own personal reasons. It just says Aunt Katie, one word. My account is private because I know so many people who had their accounts suspended because of troll attacks. I used to have a lot of spare time while play while my dying husband slept, but not so much anymore. I've married again and started a new life in retirement in memory of David, a gentle spirit, and in memory of my father, mother, aunts, uncles, friends, and many others who have lost their cancer battle. Wow. I mean, that's not true. I don't... What if it is, though? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But, like, this is a problem with Yahoo Answers. It's such a a strange, impossible place that... I want to meet Aunt Katie. But see, this is okay. See, this is the thing that I think we're going to lose about Yahoo. Like, if when when Yahoo Answers goes, I think there's going to be a chunk of the internet that disappears for people who use the internet in a way that is not part of their identity. To go back to our very top of the show, but for me, like in my in my mind, people who use Yahoo Answers are just people who log onto this website and they use it, and then that's it. And I think. It's a very different experience than using something like Twitter or watching videos on YouTube. Like this is these, you know, if Aunt Katie's real, this is a woman who sat next to her husband in the hospital and answered like really goofy questions on like a question and answer board. And like you just don't get that sort of stuff on the Internet anymore. Like I also it's crazy that like a grandma knows what the concept of trolls are. That makes me kind of sad. But like I, I think there's just like something very quaint about Yahoo Answers, even at it's like most despicable that like is going to be really sad when it's gone. And like Yahoo can like blow, can like eat my ass. <laughs> I just, I struggle to believe that there are still, there were people going to this genuinely, but when you actually look through it, it is clear that there are people trying to have discussions on it, which is makes it such a strange platform. It's such a strange place. I think it is a really good, like, it's a really interesting experiment for moderation where it's like Yahoo Answers has never been well moderated at all since its, its very beginning. It's not run by a company that cares about it literally at all, it seems. And yet, like, life finds a way. Like, community finds a way. It's chaotic and crazy and stupid. But I sort of, and, I don't know. It's. I mean, maybe it's survived because it has so little reward for being, like, there is very little way to game it. Like, if you, if you want to be the top user on Yahoo Answers, you have to do what Aunt Katie did and spend a decade answering bad questions. Right. Like, that's kind of it. There's no there's no score. There's no engagement metrics. There's, it, it can't be gamified. You can't really use it. In order. Like, that's probably why an awful lot of people have, a, have abandoned it. That's why I don't have a Yahoo Answers profile. I get nothing from it. Like, <laughs> I, only, I only appear on on social media in which I, I will I, I will have a personal benefit as a result. <laughs> oh, wait, you don't have a Yahoo Answers account that you're using regularly to ask questions and answer questions? No, exactly, because you can't you can't get anything from it. So so like and maybe that's why it's lasted because every other um site has at some point introduced, you know, Reddit introduces karma, Facebook introduces just, you know, likes and follows and Twitter does the same and Instagram obviously has, you know, followers. And then Yahoo answers, you just it, you just answer the questions. 
That's it. It is. It is a pure. It is a pure platform. Well, it's. I mean, but this is the weird thing. The, the Yahoo Answers has like a ton of gamification. Like Aunt Katie, she has a score of like seven seventy four percent of her answers are considered the top answers, which gives her like the the top spot on the leaderboard globally. Like, there's a ton of that happening. But I wonder if it's because like because the site is so like irrelevant socially, like it just doesn't matter. So like maybe people just don't care. But it's that. But it's also like she can be the top of the scoreboard, but it doesn't mean it doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. Is my yeah. point? Yeah, I mean, she's also got a private account. Like other than that bio she wrote, I don't know anything about her. Um, I like it, there's just like. It is, a, it is another really interesting example of a company, instead of investing any time or money into moderation, they've just, like, filled it with, like, automation. So it's just, like, strangers interacting with each other as, like, robots desperately try to keep things in order but, like, clearly can't. And so it almost feels like – um it almost feels like the McDonald's at King's Cross in London after, like, 11 p.m., you know, where it just, like, it becomes, like, complete anarchy. Uh, do you mean King's Cross? Yeah, the one like right across from King's Cross, like on that corner that just like fills up with people. Oh, okay, right, right, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I just it's it's such a hard thing to understand because now when you kind of you trawl through it, you find like okay, it kind of fits into into three categories as far as I can tell. You have one group of people who are very keen on having extended debates and who are asking questions about like atheists. If God isn't real, why doesn't uh, how come my foot hurts or whatever it is? Like, yeah, mad questions. Then you have like clearly children who are confused and looking for guidance, <laughs> like, good or to do good or bad things. No, clearly it's like twelve year olds who like this is their first time putting words on the internet. Yeah, and then there's uh people who are just there's a very high number of people who are asking quite basic questions about life that just no one's told them. <laughs> and that I think is kind of interesting. Like, if you go to, for example, I've just gone to the the home and garden section of it, uh-huh. and there's an awful lot of people where it's like, does it sound like the maintenance man at my apartment building is lying? Are LED light bulbs worth the money? <laughs> Jesus, what does it mean when it says danger four hundred fifteen volts? <laughs> <laughs> Which is the sort of one you want to go? Uh... Yeah, I mean, it might be too late to answer that one. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, that person has that person has not put any more questions in. Okay, cool. It honestly, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. it honestly sort of feels like you know, like okay, you know, like in a superhero movie or like a movie where like someone becomes psychic. There's like that scene where they're walking down the street and they can hear everyone's thoughts for the first time. Yeah, that's kind of like what Yahoo Answers feels like when you open it. It's like you're seeing the raw feed of just like what people think and like want to know in a way that you don't get on Quora because like Quora is way more organized and like, I'm a big Quora fan. Actually, I spend a lot of time on the weekends reading Quora threads and like my, my weekend activity because I'm a 30 year old man is reading Quora threads about what would have happened in history if one thing had been different. So that's like my thing. Um, Well, Quora Quora also attracts experts because you get, you get, you get a better profile and stuff. So it makes, you can actually ask answers questions and experts. Yahoo answers. You can't really do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get the sense that experts are on Yahoo Answers. I think it's just like people kind of helping other people. I don't know. They're, the more, the more I talk about Yahoo Answers, the more like I, I get kind of swept up in like the the human frisian of it. You know, like the like the R human porn aspects of yeah. it, where it's just you know, it's just people talking to each other. You know, it doesn't feel performative, I guess, but maybe it is performative. I don't know. I also found a lot of teenagers asking for the solution to their maths homework. That rules. That's really good. Yeah. That's smart as hell. That's like that's really smart, actually. I don't know. I find it really, really hard to figure out exactly what this website is or was, why it still exists. I know, which I assume it only still exists because like they're getting vast quantities of traffic to it. Uh, because you know, it does do quite well for SEO. Like it does show up answers if you search for some of these weirdly specific questions. And so, yeah, it's better. For, it's easier for them to keep up than take down. Always has been for a long time. But like, I feel like at every single meeting, uh, like a board level meeting at Yahoo for the last twenty years, no, the last sixteen years, someone at the end has said, uh, "Yahoo Answers." Uh, I don't have time for that. Let's pick it up in the next one. Right. And they, uh, pick it up in the next one. And they've never actually had the meeting about it. So somehow it's still gone. And it's just 
It's just keeping going. Well, the thing the thing about Yahoo that's like really frustrating to me is that Yahoo is one of the these companies that has helped build the internet in a way in a way like a lot of the things we do online were created by Yahoo and then Yahoo goes like, eh, we can't make enough money, like fuck it. Like like GeoCities is the big example. They basically yeah. created the idea of self-publishing a turnkey website product, let people use it for years. And then one day they're like, no, thanks. And then they luckily were able to give it to archivists. And there's like a terabyte, you know, a couple terabytes worth of GeoCities data that you can download and go through. But that's a huge chunk of the internet that's just gone. And I went through a really emotional thread that someone had posted, actually, who they were they were sort of ta- um, I sort of lost it. But it was this person tweeting about how they were doing research on early fandom spaces and all these women started using GeoCities to like blog about Star Trek and stuff. And those products like really mattered to those people. And then one day they were gone and they didn't matter. And it's like, it's kind of hard to reconcile that, like to say like, oh, like I'm going to spend a bunch. Like I used to make little web comics on GeoCities and they're all gone now. And it's probably good. They weren't good comics. But, you know, to create a part of the web like that and then remove it, you're, you're removing people's like histories you're removing you're you're removing culture even if it's something as stupid as yahoo answers yeah i think this is becoming a bigger and bigger problem with the internet this is what the i don't know i'm trying to remember that other big ones it was obviously the big loss of all the Flickr stuff uh photo bucket photo bucket you mean uh no because there was also Flickr. oh right there was photo bucket and there was Flickr, and there was web shots actually yeah there's a ton of that a ton of the like mid-2000s photo hosting sites are all gone um the the one with the frog in it like imfrog imfrog or something why frog why frog yeah like a ton of those are all gone uh myspace lost all its those songs myspace lost like almost everything it gets most of it's gone yep which honestly, I'm I'm fine with that because mine uh, was extremely embarrassing. It had poetry on it, so I'm I'm happy that's gone. Sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> but but there are so many bits and pieces of this where it is just like my being... po- I'm saying my poetry. Like I put it was original. That's yeah. why I'm really happy it's gone. Anyways, oh, I saved all that. Don't worry. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there's there's huge amounts of the internet, and particularly these early archives, which have just yeah gone, disappeared. Sometimes accidentally, sometimes deliberately, uh, and yeah, and this archive will go as well. I don't know if that's good or bad. Like, there's, is there a, a value to the content it's created? Probably not. Is there a personal value to the people who are who created it? Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, let's not forget that Yahoo almost did this to Tumblr. Yeah, it got really close. If Tumblr hadn't been saved by Automatic, which is the company that owns WordPress, there's yeah. a very good chance that Yahoo could have just been like, all right, Tumblr doesn't make enough money. Let's shut it down. I mean, they lost like billions of dollars on Tumblr, which is funny in its own way. Um, welcome comrades. Um, but you know, <laughs> Yahoo does this. They and and it's and it's a really, it's a really sad thing. Um, because there's not a really good way to fix it. It's not a really this like we can't we can't really expect giant companies to be like. I guess I'll just keep this running at a massive loss. Yeah, and I don't really understand. Yeah, I don't. There's no real need to do it as well. This is kind of the this is kind of the tricky thing. It's not like saying you know, we need to preserve the Library of Alexandria. It's like, we don't actually need to preserve people's blurry camera phone shots from 2009 or, like, bizarre questions about why people can't see themselves on Google Earth or whatever the hell it might be. Yeah. But at the same time, it... Like, if you got... If people did this in, let's say, the... You know, if you compare it, like, okay, so if people doing this in, in the 1960s, what stuff gets saved? And the answer is, like, not a lot. Like, these are conversations you'd have in real life rather than writing them down. So the fact that they've now been written down and could be saved doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be. Like, some of this stuff should be ephemeral. And I don't have a problem with that. That is the other way to think about it, which is, like, although, you know, the fact that we didn't save everything from the 60s and 70s has allowed baby boomers to lie about almost all of the time that they were in their early 20s and 30s. That, I mean, that's true. <laughs> they get away with a lot because they know that we can't prove that they that was wrong. But, like, you know, we're now getting good enough at archiving where we're able to say, like, actually, Woodstock sucked ass and uh, we can <laughs> prove that it sucked ass. Um, no one could hear shit. There's no way that they could hear anything. Those amplifiers were not strong enough. There's no way. Um and so, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe this is just part of the experience of getting older where we're watching how our culture degrades and like how we have to, this is a lot to hang on a Yahoo Answers episode, I know, but it's like, yeah. 
maybe the expectation, like millennials have grown up in a world where you expected everything to be permanent because it's digital. And so perhaps we're just learning that like that is impossible and this is the way that it goes. And maybe that is normal. Maybe it's good that we're going to lose Yahoo Answers. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's probably better to have it in the world, but maybe not. I mean, if you think about this, some of the other stuff that's been lost though, like they their entire like early series of Doctor Who that just they just erased because they needed tapes. Is that true? Yeah, like the first like two or three series of Doctor Who, they've got like a third of all the episodes, and the other episodes like they needed the tapes, so they just recorded it over them basically. And like so, yeah. so there are chunks of like old history which just don't exist and should exist. But then it's like this is Yahoo Answers. <laughs> like, is there any is there any great art or? Or thought that's ever happened on Yahoo Answers. Well, I think we should find out, which, and that's a great transition to our next segment. So let's just read a ton of Yahoo Answers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for our best impression of my brother, my brother, and me. The content minds are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Ryan claims that he is a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I only mention so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool babies? All right, my the first one that I love is the one of the ones that's gone extremely far and has been very popular for a long time, which is just if you die in Canada, do you die in real life? <laughs> uh, I got one. I got one. This one's really good in its simplicity. What did my dad just say to me? I was listening to my iPod. I was listening to my. <laughs> I was listening to my iPod, so I couldn't hear him. <laughs> See, that's yeah, that's perfect because that is the thing that. Is only funny because on a Yahoo Answers. <laughs> it's only funny there. <laughs> um, this is a resolved question, fortunately, but I don't actually have the answer. Uh, I made Jesus-shaped pancakes, but I burnt them. Am I going to hell? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> You're going to hell. Uh, <laughs> All right, I've got another one. Okay. How turn computer monitor into mirror? Wait, and there's, read the there's whole text thing. For this. I know this one. Hi. Does anyone know if it's possible to use a background that would essentially turn my computer monitor into a mirror? Scanning a mirror doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, I got one. <laughs> this one. This one's really good. Is there is there any possible way of making 2 plus 2 equal 5? <laughs> <laughs> and then the answer is... Hmm. <laughs> Which again, you can see where that's come from. That's clearly come from like a smart ass ten year old who's told who's been told by their teacher two plus two won't equal five, and they've gone, I'm gonna try and prove it so I can be smart in class. I think that's exactly what's happening here. That's exactly what's yeah. happening here. How do I poop in the litter box without getting in trouble? <laughs> I want to poop in the litter box and leave it there for cat the cats to observe in shock and awe without my mom knowing. That's so good. That is so good. That actually reminds me. I heard a story that George Clooney, his favorite prank, is to take human-sized shits in p- people's litter boxes and then make their make them think that their uh, pets are sick. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, I got one. Uh, is there a spell to become a mermaid that actually works? I would like to know if there is a spell available to become a mermaid, one that works. I am asking people that believe in mermaids. Don't say things like mermaids don't exist because I take it very seriously and I find it offensive. Please help me find a spell. BTW, I am also a witch. <laughs> so this is a thing that like, an, there have been an awful lot of Yahoo answers questions about spells to turn people into some combination of zombie, witch, mermaid, <laughs> vampire, werewolf. <laughs> okay. Uh, credit card and computer question mark I want to see if my computer would read my credit card so I put it in the CD-ROM and it got stuck how do I get it out I tried toothpicks but lost them in the process also the driver's making funny noises help <laughs> oh this one's really good how do I ask questions I'm, I'm new here and then the best response is you just did <laughs> <laughs> how do you draw Joe Biden so he looks sexy wow that uh, that you just draw Joe Biden. He just looks sexy no matter what. That's it. 
Which is worse, ignorance or apathy? Best answer. I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. Oh, this one's real. This one's re- This is. This might be like a like a quintessential one. Can my Can my Game Boy get the swine flu virus? My Game Boy keeps freezing, and my sister said that electronic devices can get the swine flu. What should I do? I think. <laughs> I think yes. I think. I think that's very possible. I think it's entirely possible. All right. Uh, finally, because there is actually one other thing we need to talk about a little bit with with Yahoo Answers. Okay. Um, so this is my last one, which is, what is a person from London called? Answer, my neighbor is from London and he is called Rob. <laughs> <laughs> actually, so to end this to end this segment, uh, I want to play a clip. It's a really important clip. It's, in my opinion, one of the best viral videos ever created. It's called How Is Babby Formed? And it's a dramatic <laughs> reading of Yahoo Answers question that I would say is probably the best one. So to play us out into our next segment, here is How is Babby Formed? How is Babby Formed? How is Babby Formed? How girl get pregnant? They need to do way in stain mother. Who killed the uh, babbies because these babby can't frick back? It was on the news this morning. A mother in awe who had killed her three kids. They are taking the three babby back to New York to Lady to rest. My barry are with the father who lost his children. I am truly sorry for your lots. Okay, what do we got to talk about? What, what, what is left on our Yahoo Answers docket for this week? Uh, we've got to talk about Ken M. Let's talk about Ken M. All right. Because, uh, yeah, that, the last question I asked was, was the answer. That answer was, was from Ken M. Really? Yeah. And Ken M is a, a um, it's, I don't know, he's hard to explain because he is one of these people who, he's one of these comedians, because when we talk about, like, has great art been it made on Yahoo Answers and should it be preserved? Yes, it should be because the, much of the collected works of Ken M are on there. So if you're not familiar with Ken M, Ken M, his real name is Kenneth McCarthy. He's a comedian. He's a famous internet troll. He had a column at College Humor, but that column was just screenshots of comments that he left around the internet in the persona of this online user called Ken M. And most of the places he was posting were Yahoo Answers. In many ways, I think Ken M is sort of the the prototype for drill, like it, the idea yeah. of like the quintessential poster. And Qu- Ken M's thing was like he is like a, a weird old man who doesn't understand anything. Um, and you're right. Mo- I mean, Yahoo Answers was his uh, was was his canvas. Canvas. Thank you. I was like, what do painters use to post on <laughs> canvases? Uh, a painter. <laughs> no, no. What do painters yeah, yeah, to I post? Like, I was like, what are they posting on when you make a paint painting? Oh, it's a canvas okay um in many, in many ways michelangelo was one of the great posters of all time i really enjoyed his post the sistine chapel i i think what is architecture if not irl posts you know what i mean what is architecture if not posts persevering <laughs> so i think like what what would you say ken m's legacy is though because like it does feel so divorced from our current era of using the internet like i don't I almost feel like Ken M is a totally different period of time that has really no overlap. Well, this is where it gets really interesting because you can kind of say, okay, does Ken M, does Ken M's work, body of work on Yahoo Answers need to be preserved? The answer is kind of no, because it's only a really funny off Yahoo Answers. Like it lives on as screenshots. Like this is kind of the weird thing about the internet and where we get to this oddness of preserving or not preserving which is that if you do something very good on the internet it will be preserved it is the other stuff that is not preserved is that or tr- conversely if conversely if you do something very bad do you think that's true though do you think that like through just sheer populism or whatever it is that we are preserving things by like screenshotting it yeah because there's a combination of collective memory which means that people will always remember when you know Whatever random person does something, everyone's like, hey, six years ago, you did a bad post, which, you know, there are enough people who think like that, which is terrifying in itself. But also the, you know, the screen grabs, the posts, they continue to float around. They're often hard to find. Like, this is, there's a difference between, like, some of the stuff won't die, but it also won't be archived. 
Because you know when you've seen you've seen a funny screenshot, and I'm like, a week later, I'm like, I am never going to find that again. I did not favorite. I did not retweet it. It's gone. I don't really remember who tweeted it. I don't remember what the the phrase was around the tweet. It's gone. It's not archived. It's not, it's not also not dead, which is why it's quite it's quite strange dual position, and why also you know Ken M stuff can still exist because it has been screenshot and, and taken off platform so much by people who also don't know that Ken M is M is joking. Yeah, I feel the same way actually about um like the the loss of Encyclopedia Dramatica. So like if people listening don't know what that is, it was a really really racist and inappropriate Wikipedia parody that was created by something awful goons and 4chan trolls to document like petty message board squabbles. And yeah. it was pretty unusable. Like it was a really unnavigatable website that was really 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 bad. But it preserved an era of the internet that was actually pretty useful because if you needed to figure out like, okay, like why is everyone mad at the YouTuber Onision? You could go to the Encyclopedia Dramatica page and you could probably translate it out of 4chan speak and figure out why people were mad. And it's gone. Like the owner of it just like stopped. Like, I think they went to jail or something like the, the, the website's gone and, and, and I, and I haven't found good co- copies of it. I think some exist on torrents, but it's pretty much gone. And what's crazy is that like the people that those articles were about are still around and still using the internet and the bad stuff that they did, you know, 15 years ago, whether it was truly bad or just, you know, like 4chan bullying them is gone. And so, and so maybe it's okay. Maybe it's great that like, we can like have these like, you know, new beginnings online sometimes, but it is weird to think about that. Like we are now reaching a point of using the internet where, people are outliving their data trail because the data trail isn't complete anymore. Oh yeah, it's true. And then it's kind of like, well, maybe we should preserve this. And then it's kind of, yeah. Otherwise this stuff lives and dies in this context free existence because for some reason we're all still using the internet. Right. I mean, Ken M he'll like, he'll, I don't, I don't even know what he, if he's still active anymore. I think he's still on like Twitter and stuff. I think he may just be doing like fake versions of the original things he did, though. Well, that was the other question always, which was like, is it real? Yeah. Oh, I found him and he follows me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> his his Twitter, his Twitter handle is Horsey Surprise, which is really good. And he has a Patreon. So, yeah, Ken M um, does trolling content. And visual goofs and well-heeled splint. Uh, uh, he does. Okay, so this is him describing this on his Patreon. He does weekly trolling, visual goofs, and audio goofs at, uh, for different price tiers. Cool. Good. Go go go. Enjoy his his most <laughs> his most recent uh, post was 2019, from what I can tell. But I mean, but he's he's active on Twitter. Like he's he's out there. Uh, <laughs> One of his most recent tweets was the backlash from my NFT announcement destroyed my brand empire. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I guess like that is that is sort of, I guess, the entire weird gut feeling I have about all this stuff, which is that I'm deeply protective of it because I, I worry that one day someone could snap their fingers and the good stuff on the Internet could be gone. But contrary to that feeling that I have, most of the time, the good stuff does stick around like we will always yeah. have the screenshots of the best Yahoo answers. We have probably yeah, more then, screenshots of Yahoo answers than any other website in human history. <laughs> uh, I mean, probably Twitter, but then yeah, probably Yahoo answers. I think, I think, uh, yeah, between, between Twitter and Yahoo answers, like we are archiving a huge amount. Um, do I think that Yahoo should have the ability to just like disappear a section of the internet? No, I don't. But I do, I do have a lot of faith in like, you know, the screenshot as the ultimate archival tool. Yeah, it's only the ultimate recording tool. I'm not sure how useful it is for archiving things. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of these Yahoo Answers, they don't have timestamps. They say, like, two years ago, but I don't even know when that screenshot was made without, like, trying to match up the current design to when it happened. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you have any 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 last thought? Any do, do you have any last words for our dearly... Oh, actually, well, I have one thing, which is that the last day to ask a question on Yahoo Answers is 420. That is good. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's honestly beautiful. Oh, and then it dies on May the 4th. Yeah. 
the Star Wars day. I think that's like actually wow. really beautiful in a way that like to think that Aunt Katie, I can ask Aunt Katie a question on 420 and she can answer it by the Star Wars day is a really beautiful, <laughs> a really beautiful idea. Yeah. Um, hey, Luke, you weren't on the internet, but did you consume any content this week? Um, I just gardening count. I've been doing some gardening. I've been trying to sort of fence up. Fences are content, I suppose. Yeah. It's got a lot of, um, algae on it. Um, wait, so I've had to spend like- What on it? Algae. Lichen, like the green shit. Algae? Algae, yeah. Algae. It's algae. Is it? How did I not know that? You guys pronounce it- I don't know. You guys pronounce it algae? Algae. Algae? I'm pretty sure we pronounce it algae. <laughs> <laughs> I learned the other day that sometimes you guys spell artifact with an E, and that kind of blew my mind, too. Yeah. We spell it with an I. Oh. We spell it with an okay. I. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's fun. <laughs> I love learning new things about different cultures. Yeah. So how is your gardening this week? Uh, yeah, it's uh, time-consuming. It's quite hard to get it off the fence, and it, it requires a lot of like going backwards and forwards with various like different solutions and stuff, because I want to paint it. Like That's the end goal. But I have to get all this stuff off first and kill it as much as possible so that the paint lasts as long as it doesn't just grow back in like four weeks. Um, so yeah, it's just like a lot of scrubbing and various brushes. I've done doing other things as well. Like I dismantled this entire like bramble hedge using uh, these extra long secateurs, like it's foot long. Gives you a lot of leverage so you can like go through quite thick brambles with... Wait, did you say leverage? Second... Yeah. We say leverage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you used a lot of leverage to get rid of the algae on your fence? No, no, no. That was getting rid of the brambles. The brambles. Two, two separate things. Okay. Yeah. Doing lots of different bits and pieces. I'm imagining you like toiling away in the garden and then you're just like, we've entered the fifth age of content. <laughs> it's like, that's essentially it. Ellie, to my study, I have to go write this down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Well, that sounds delightful. It has it's been delightful. Uh, so, what content have you consumed to stay sane? Well,. Unfortunately, I have to talk about anime this week. Okay. I have I have be, I have gone I've become up to date on an anime called Attack on Titan. If you're not familiar with it, it's kind of like the anime version of Game of Thrones. The problem with Attack on Titan is that it's very it's very good, it's very well done, it's very interesting, but it is written by a notorious Japanese nationalist and the most recent seasons are dangerously fascist like to the point where i'm like this isn't good for the world and i don't think anyone should watch this show like it's and i and the the worst part is like i don't know enough about how japanese i know a bit about japanese nationalism because i've covered it before but i don't know enough about it to be able to like pick apart whether what he's doing in this insane is about korea or not basically like i I, i'm having really tough times like lining it all up and it's unfortunate because it's like a really well done show that is ending its like last season right now but it is like I know enough to be like this is dangerous for the like, humanity <laughs> to watch. I think. Okay, cool. So you know it's bad. You're just not sure why. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I plan to do some research this weekend, and I will be back next week with an update about exactly how Attack on Titan is fascist. But I have to do some research, and because I, I <laughs> the other problem was I didn't want to do research on it and then get spoilers. Right. This is this is the problem. Yeah. This is I didn't want my fascist content to be spoiled for me by me learning about why and how it is fascist. Do we need to talk about Falcon Winter Soldier? Talking of fascist media. Well, okay. Uh, if uh, nobody cares about Marvel, you can stop here, uh, and I'll, I'm gonna use a spoiler song real quick. bothered by falcon and winter soldier like i'm actually like there's something missing at the center of the show and it makes the whole thing feel weird to me i mean what's missing is captain america let's be real but um yeah no i know exactly what you mean there is a a strange sense that it's not quite sure what it's trying to be and is therefore kind of got this weird episodic uh here is a here is a one-off plot and i don't really understand what they're doing why they're doing anything that they're doing what's really driving them as characters uh it's just it's very strange the whole show feels 
like the simulation of another show. Like it feels like I'm watching bits and pieces of another show and there's like stuff missing or like, like I can't really follow why Zemo's involved. I mean, I I think Baron Zemo is really fun. I mean, his, but even now him, they've kind of wrecked him because he's now become this, like I'm basically a supervillain who knows everyone. Whereas in the original, like he was just a guy. Yeah. He was a guy. And that was what's so, so interesting about it. That is true. I mean, in the comics, he is a Baron. Like he's like that. They're making him more comic accurate. And I suspect they're also test driving Dr. Doom with him. They're kind of like figuring out like, okay, like how far can we push this? But I don't understand. I don't understand what the show is about on a fundamental level. And four episodes in, it's like actually getting distracting to me. Yeah. It's it's not clear what it's trying to do at all. It seems to be, it's, it's gotten, it's got actually kind of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern vibes where it's, yeah, but, but accidentally, like they didn't realize that's what they're doing. Right. And I would actually enjoy the show if the show was just like lethal weapon in the Marvel universe or bad boys in the Marvel universe. And it was like an uptight guy and like a not uptight guy. And they've got to like solve a mystery, but there's no mystery that's being solved. And also there's not even a real, there's not even a real difference between their character types, which is weird because Falcon's kind of uptight. So you just have like two uptight guys who are uptight in different ways. And it's particularly weird because, like, Falcon's introduction was as essentially a a therapist, like a military therapist. That's what he was doing in that very first, um, the opening of Civil War. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, in of, uh, of opening of Winter Soldier. So, like, when when he first when when Steve Rogers first meets him, he is doing basically group therapy. I thought it was because he has like trauma, right? But that's kind of oh, I see. What you're saying he was like a, he was like a group therapist for traumatized soldiers. I had totally yeah. forgotten about that. And he is like you know the whole point is he is kind of an emotional, empathetic person. Right. He isn't. He isn't a hard ass. Really. He's just like. No. I mean, this is a this is a key problem I think with like a lot of adaptations of Falcon, which is that like the character just doesn't have a ton of depth, and people have tried over the years to give him more depth, but. The the character is a little hamstrung as like just being like Steve Rogers' black friend because it was written at like a time where like that was an acceptable thing and so unlike Black Panther like Falcon just doesn't have the the source material depthness which stinks because I like Falcon I think it's a but this means I think that they could add more they depth could and, like the, you know you're the, you're giving him six episodes of a TV show you can figure out a way to add depth and they sort of did with the bits with the sister in love uh, and then and then they and forgot then, yeah. it immediately. There are good. This is the thing. There are good moments in it, like the bit with his sister in, and the bit where um, Winter Soldier is dealing with like his trauma of the people he's killed and like trying to make uh, recompense for it. Are both quite good, and then for some reason they're like, oh, also they're gonna go and like fight some people in a nightclub, and then they're gonna fight some people in a lorry, and then they're gonna fight some people in an airport or whatever the hell they're, they're doing. And like, and it's just like, oh, okay, cool. Now we need to do this bit. And well, I'm kind of like, I don't understand what, like, yeah, there's bits where, you know, he, they talk to the original, like, black Captain America. Amazing scene. And it's truly amazing, amazing scene. scene. Yeah. And then it's like, cool, now we have to continue to hunt for the secret super serum that uh, someone has stolen and run around a, a container yard. And it's like, well, see, guys, you've got the bones of a good show here. And for some reason, you keep adding in these bits that actually don't need to be there. So I'm waiting to see what episode five is like, because... I suspect episode four taking place in Madripoor was a way to tease Wolverine. Madripoor is a huge backdrop for Wolverine. Right. And it's a huge backdrop for like the Marvel universe. And I sort of think that like episode four really struggles because there's no real reason to go to Madripoor, but they have to spend the whole episode getting there, learning about it, going through it, leaving. And it's like, I'm wondering what the show will be like. Like, I'm wondering what the show will be like once it goes back on track, but I'm beginning to wonder if there is a track. I, I'm I'm sort of thinking that like the show doesn't make sense. Like in a in a perfect world, the show should be the Baron Zemo is out of jail on his own and has organized the Flag Smashers during the blip, and they're hunting, and that's why Baron Zemo gets involved. Yeah, but they're not doing that. So yeah, they're doing something else, and it's not. I mean, this is one of those things where you kind of look at them like I am. I wonder if they have had to radically retool it because of covid um because i know they had to stop filming it for a period Possible. and i do i do wonder if that's kind of the thing that's that's throwing it off and then now they've kind of they're missing bits that they're trying to put back together extremely possible there's there's just like 
there's a soul there's like a soul of the show that's not there like it feels like if i were to poke it it would deflate like and i i wonder if it's also the issue of having two main characters in a show that is just not meant for having two main characters i mean it's that but i still i there's you know they've they've done the correct thing with the villains in terms of they have made the villains be correct about this well i mean Uh, never have we ever had a marvel villain who is right more right than these guys like yeah i am pro flag smasher so far they could they could ramp it up so they're gonna do a genocide but i uh i spoke about this uh, on a different podcast but in my mind if you're gonna do an extremist group based off the blip how could you not just do like thanos isis like, how could you not just do, like, <laughs> Thanos was right, ISIS? I don't understand how you couldn't, like, all like imagine if they, like, wore, like, fake gauntlets or, like, you know, the, like, what if they all wore Baron Zemo's mask? Like, Baron Zemo's mask is purple. What if the whole thing was, that, like, Baron Zemo, like, took on the visage of Thanos because, like, Thanos is, was right? Like, there's so much you could do with that, and yet they don't do any of that. And that bothers me, too. Yeah, they they have a, they have a problem in that they there is the potential there for them to be incredibly correct, and I don't think the show thinks they are right. That's also a problem because this show is like yeah. this show is like bureaucracy is bad. We should still have the military, but they should have even less oversight. <laughs> yeah. This group thinks open borders are bad. Yeah, they're good. Like, get rid of these anarchists who think who want to get rid of open borders. Like, uh but like that's the two villains of the show right now are. A guy who is going through all of the procedures that the military wants him to go through and people who do not believe there should be any borders, which means the main characters believe that they should be able to unilaterally do whatever they want yeah. to support like hard border, hard borders. Like what? So you like, what is that? Why are they the good guys? I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's, I think there's a problem there and, I, and there's a lot of weird stuff in it. We'll we'll I think we'll have to see where this goes because there's a lot of direction. Like halfway through One Division, it did not end up where I thought it was going to do and end up in a pretty good place. So maybe there's still scope, but it is at the moment it is weird. It is a weird show. Um, yeah, let's reconvene. Uh, we've only got like uh, two episodes left, I think. Uh, three, three. It's seven episodes. Okay. Yeah, it's six episodes. We've only had three episodes. What? No, we haven't. Uh, we've only had three episodes. You've been saying this the whole way through, and I've been like not correcting you. But oh, episode episode four is out on Friday. Okay. Well, by the time people maybe hear this, it'll be four. I don't know. Um, sure. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, you can follow us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the content minds. Uh, we do a show that sounds a lot like that last conversation, but we're currently making our way through <laughs> the Fast and the Furious franchise. Costs five dollars a month. But I've also put in a thing where if you uh, buy it for a year, it's a discount. Um, and we try to put fun, exclusive stuff there. And uh, yeah, don't be a stranger. Oh, and also, uh, if you do Patreon, you'll get access to the Discord that I'm running for both this show and my newsletter. So it's a fun place to be. And yeah. thank you as always for supporting us. This is this is super fun. And um, it's a great excuse to learn about Luke's various gardening. Um, it's a, it's a great time, so. <laughs> Yeah, cool. All right, thanks everyone. Bye.